and her adorable husband, Sean Farrar. Woo! Thanks for hanging out with us as we give some life tips and real life marriage banter. Let's get started now with a random thought. What's up, baby? I got random things from my husband. From your husband? No, for my husband. Oh. That's you. You have random things for me? Well, no. I have random thoughts. Oh. So, in my haste to do the podcast, I haven't actually looked at this yet. Yeah. But our random thought is from the New York Post. Woohoo. July 5th, 2022 edition. And an article by Ben Cost. I want to know if the reporters for these articles are the... That's like their real name. Oh, like when I don't you write know. like the really like smutty National Enquirer, yeah. like weird. I mean, your real name. Yeah, you know I what I mean. No. All right. So, anyways, this this article is called "I Married My Ex's Dad." Everybody hates me, but it's the best sex I ever had. Wow. That is the longest headline. Ever. That is a long headline. So, anyways, this lady. Um. Well, first off, Ben started it off with this beautiful lead-in line: "She must like his father figure." <laughs> But anyways, here's a direct quote. An Ohio woman claims she's alienated her peers after tying the knot with her ex-boyfriend. Hopefully she's already tied her knots if she's already having all this. I know. I mean, the best sex she's ever had. They might be doing it a lot. Or maybe she just had really bad sex before. Probably. That's the case. Um, So she's doing it with her ex-boyfriend's father. Quote, and despite him being 24 years her senior... She says she's having the best sex of her life. They're actually married, it says. I kind of expected her to be even older, honestly. Well, I don't know. How, how old are they? Well, she's 27. Oh, so he's only 51. Yeah, and he's a truck driver. <laughs> so he sits down a lot. Yes, he looks about 60, doesn't he? He looks... I don't, don't want to be mean to him. Oh, is that him? No. That's him. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, we're not going to comment on people's appearances. But I would say he doesn't actually even look that old. So yes, anyways, he doesn't look 27. I mean, it's very strange. So anyways, the line reads, Dean first met her future sugar daddy. And I think that's just weird because oh, he's we a can't. truck driver. He's yeah. not a sugar daddy, Ben. Well, once again, it depends on what her ex made was like, money. But I, uh, back to the article. She first met her future sugar daddy as a sixth grader. Knew, knew she looked young in the picture. It says she's 27. <laughs> and when she was visiting his son, who was her boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Oh, so they were like boyfriend and girlfriend like forever, like oh, as preteens, yeah, right? Silly. They break up, they go through middle school, and now she's 27 years old and she's dating his dad <laughs> or married to him or whatever. And I guess it says, quote, however, Rift opened up after Paul's son got a girlfriend in his teens. So they started like not being friends, right? Well, that makes sense. I, I mean... If he's going to find a girlfriend and she's going to friend zone him after all that time, so be it. That's her fault. Anyways, it gets creepier. <gasps> they Ooh, started yeah. dating when she was 16. Which is the legal age of consent in Ohio. That's a direct quote is again. Is that what that picture's from? I don't know, maybe. But 16 plus 24 is what, 40? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your face I was like, my own, I was caught in my own thoughts now. Now I'm, I, I almost want to, I pretty much want to abandon this article and go to the big penis one. Well, we can, but. Because look, under that heading, under that photo, look at yeah. the caption. The title of oh. this article is so misleading. The, okay, so the caption under the photo said he's the only person I have had sex with and he is the best. But the headline. headline says everyone hates me, but it's the best sex I ever had. So it's either herself or this guy that she's having sex with. Right. So apparently Nothing he's better more. than masturbating. Well, you know, not every guy is, myself included probably, but whatever. Wait, with, what? With nothing. <laughs> wow, that took you a long time. And you still haven't said, no, that's not true. You haven't even made an attempt to be- Oh, my God. All right. I don't masturbate. Anyways, men, right, here's another Still article. you haven't said <laughs> that. was a smooth <laughs> answer, but I'm not falling for it. <laughs> You're the best I've ever had, boo-boo. No, that's not what I was looking for. I just wanted I'm better than masturbation. And if the best you've ever had still not better than masturbation, I'm going to go get the other 37 like guys and we're all going to... 37 guys? I was about to say, I like to pretend I've never had sex. And then you like go in with 37. Just estimating. We're moving to a different article quickly. You've right. wasted all your time. This one definitely doesn't apply to me. Men with large penises wanted in casting call for Doc Too Large to Love. By Who is it by? Ben Cost. Again with the New York Post article. <laughs> Apparently the UK producers of a documentary are looking for men with very large genitalia that are penises. Yeah. Um they say it's preternaturally large. And there's a casting call. And it's the documentary is going to be called Too Large to Love. And they want to talk to people and find out, hey, the good parts and the bad parts, you know, of having one or being with someone right. who has one. And then um, apparently, um, I don't know, like... They call it phallically gifted men, age 18 and over, of all ethnicities and sexualities, have to talk about their big old schlong. Well, that's as explicit now. Can we, uh, can we um, remember this and keep our eye out for it in the future? Because I want to watch I don't want to watch Too Large to Love. It's not going to show any penises, probably. It's just going <sighs> to present the realities of having a large penis. Which I've always wondered about, so I just want to see if it's good or bad or split down the middle or, or you know, if what. I know. It says here, a direct quote from the article, Not to mention that the size of one's penis isn't as big an issue as people think when it comes to the boudoir. Sorry for my noise. Compatibility of size is the real barometer, said relationship coach Deborah Annapole, PhD. A big penis and a small vagina are not a happy combination. Further, knowing how to use the penis skillfully is a little more important than the size. And the battle of the bulge isn't merely physical. New York's Jonah Falcon, Jonah Falcon, that's a great name, mm -hmm. who claims to have the world's largest penis with a 13.5-inch behemoth when erect, says he's sick and tired of being asked to whip it out. Quote, I'm sick and tired of be having people wanting me to measure it in front of them. 
said the Brooklyn-born actor fuming during a 2021 interview. I've done it 10,000 times. Enough already. Is it, what kind of actor is he? I don't know. Possibly porn. And uh, It's the adult. But don't go away from this page yet Ugh. because you missed yet another opportunity to freaking make me feel better. And you didn't even take advantage of it. I am so sorry. I Do didn't you know, know that missed? my whole job is to make you feel better. Well, after that one statement I made. You oh, should be my really Lord. Trying. You said I had sex with 37. It says knowing Not how to use the penis skillfully that. is more important than size. So you could have said, oh, see, honey, there you go. Then why do you have such insecurities about this? Oh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get you to say something positive, even if it's a lie. That's all. And you won't fall for it at all. Let's well, move it on. It just feels like you're, 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 you're insecure, boo. Or else you're just trying to brag for all our listeners who already think you are a tall tree that they would like to climb. What do you mean, brag? Like, oh. I've because, done nothing but myself No, down. you're trying to make me brag about you by being like, Oh, no, you don't have to. No. There is nobody better than you. You're no, a, simp- hus- a simple husband, that's not true, hustler, but it worked perfectly, honey. Husband. Hustler. Lover. Behemoth, um, cat wrangler, hugger. That's enough. Funny man. Babe, these people are going to get bored now. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can never be bored of the Sean. All right. Oh, Good enough job, baby. I did it work? Yeah. I forced right, you, but right. it, it worked. All right. So what are we talking about for realsies? This, this realsies week? is about marital hate. Okay. And. What's that? I don't know. And have Trevor Noah and Terry Real figured some S word out. That's the name of our thing. S-H-I yeah. word? Oh, okay. I just don't want to write it. I'm oh, like, no, I know. You don't I mean, even like to write it in a, a book. book. All right. So sometimes I think one of the toughest choices you can make publicly is to call out false binaries. And that's what the... It's a binary. All right. A binary is an extreme, like a polarity. Like, Uh, you're this or that. And if you'd waited a second to the next paragraph, I would have explained. But don't read ahead, man. I'm not. All right. So... I can't wait for explanations. So that's what the comedian Trevor Noah recently did on his show, The Daily Show, where he was specifically talking about abortion, saying that just going down to catchphrases in your discussion, like pro-choice or pro-life, was reductive and took away conversation and nuance to views. And people got enraged. I'm sure they did. Both Republicans. Because he's 100% correct. And Democrats got super mm. ragey on Twitter. And on our notes, on Carrie Jones Books up blog, you can see this. Um, and to be fair, people get enraged a lot about on a lot on Twitter and off Twitter now. That's for sure. Um, badly done. Emma said, "When will people realize Michael Moore, Trevor Noah, John Stewart, Sarah Silverman, etc., should not be sources for civic advice? They have opinions, but most of the time they're wrong on the basics of civics and how gov it." And then her tweet ends. Um, <laughs> Handlebar Orion X Nerdy Squadron he him said, "Yeah." Every argument against Trevor Noah today is absolutely dumb. You got Democrats calling him a secret Republican for expecting Democrats to actually do something and liking Bernie Sanders. And you got Republicans accusing him of supporting politicians who do nothing. And then Cod one in said, Trevor Noah, we should hold the people who voted we voted for accountable, which will motivate them to do a better job. Twitter, 
the audacity. Right? Yeah. So, I don't understand the Twitter thing. The audacity of Twitter? Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, no, Twitter's all like, oh, the audacity of Trevor Noah His saying statement. that. Yeah, I got man. You. Yeah. So, my point here is, like, rage, like, all this rage on Twitter. Yeah. It's just rage. That's right. If you want change, you have to go after action. And I had a post about this on my own Facebook, where apparently my call to action over a political issue wasn't what one of my local acquaintances wanted from me, so he turned his rage about politics into rage at me for not being ragey enough. His name is Fuckstick, by the way. <laughs> Sean renamed him. <laughs> but, yes, I'm still processing this. Well, Sean just, you know, called him an F-stick on my Facebook as well, and he just got over it, pretty much. Whereas I'm still like, whoa, processing. No, I'm not. I mean, you should be allowed to say... Whatever you want, one especially when it's an intelligent thing. It wasn't intelligent. Without people coming onto your Facebook. Especially when Fuckstick hadn't even made a single post about something he supposedly feels so strongly about. Yeah, he just was being an F-stick. He is. Yeah, and he wanted me to just post a meme and have a binary, and that would have made him feel good, because that's what he wanted from me, but that's not what I gave him. Because as a man, he was raging against the loss of... Woman's right. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He comes and yells at a woman for not responding the way that he w wanted a woman to. That's but according right. to him, that wasn't oppressing me or being part of the problem. <laughs> no, of course not. No. All right. Anyways, this weekend, nothing about F-Stick anymore. Okay. But one of the many things that were trending in the world of Twitter conversation <laughs> was the new book of an American family therapist, Terry Real, entitled... Us getting past you and me to build a more loving relationship, which is a very long title, but I guess it tells you exactly what the book is. Well, it's just one word. Basically, it's us, but then she explains, or they explain. It's a he. He explains. What the heck the us is about? Yeah. All right, so he argues in his book, or makes the discussion, or the debate, or the case, that um, we have a lot of marital hate because we've created a toxic culture of individualism. And we haven't read this book yet. And honestly, the fact that he's a celebrity therapist who counsels people like Bruce Springsteen kind of makes me want to not read it. <laughs> Does he counsel like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? I don't think he would claim that one. Um, and he, Bruce Springsteen, who seems nice, um, even wrote the introduction of the book. Um, but all the book reviewers and all the big papers are talking about this this weekend. And uh, I just didn't have the... I didn't want to shell out $14 for it on Kindle. Okay. That seemed like a lot. For a Kindle version. Yeah. So anyways, he has two big terms in that book that we want to, I want to mention, right? Adaptive child and wise adult. And he defines them both in an interview with the New York Times' Maggie Jones, no relation to me, <laughs> as, ready? Yes. All right. You listening? I'm listening. Okay. Wise adults are present-based. They're not flooded with the past, and they can see things clearly. They have the capacity to see the whole of the relationship. They have the capacity to stop and reflect and choose. And when we move out of our prefrontal cortex, out of our wise adult self, we are the adaptive child self. We get trauma-triggered. And the adaptive child, the, one, the things you learn to do as a kid because of emotional neglect or violence, part of us comes in and takes over. And one of the bitter pills here is that the adaptive child part of us doesn't want to be intimate. It wants to preserve itself. It's all about me, me, me. 
you and me consciousness is an adversarial world in which one loses and the other wins. It's a big power struggle. The board and I talking about stick on mm -hmm. Facebook. By repeating the same adaptive child move over and over again, you get into a dysfunctional relational stance. I'll give you an example. Angry pursuit is a dysfunctional stance. Angry pursuit is an oxymoron. You'll never get someone closer to you by complaining about how distant they are. And I do that. You do. Yep. Controlling your partner, retaliating, retaliating or withdrawing will never solve your problem. These are the hallmarks of the adaptive child part of you. And the first skill is shifting out of that part of you into a wise adult. So I'm no longer allowed to say, oh, Shani, I just feel so smart. Yeah. I mean, you can. Because if you scroll back up to the top, this is a quote from the book. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a quote from his interview with the New York Times. Okay. Well, then still, he okay. said it. These are his words. Yeah. Because basically, his whole theory here is based on the assumption that every child in the world has suffered some trauma-triggering level of emotional neglect or violence. Well, maybe he's just saying everybody who has, like, a marriage that's not doing all that well. Okay. You know, like... It says the things you learn as a kid because of emotional neglect or violence. He doesn't say all of us, though. He just says... So, he shouldn't say who this book is marketed, should be marketed to, then? Maybe. Because if I'm going to market self-help, obviously self-help doesn't work for everybody, right? Any yeah. one kind, so. Well, yeah. All right, so it was a live quote, right? But that's also a very firm statement. Yes, go ahead. All right, and to me, like, what he's really saying is that if we want to be good, wise adults with happy, freaking, healthy marriages, we have to let go of the adaptive child shit. Mm -hmm. I swear. So we need to think with nuance and empathy, which brings me back to Trevor Noah, right? Yes. Because he's also talking about this. Like, he's like, hey, you know, we can't just be talking in these polarities and these false binaries. Right. Um, because we're not going to get anywhere. That's right. Um, and it's reductive, right? Mm -hmm. There's nuance to stuff. So what our culture in the U.S., at least, needs more of is that movement away towards the wise adult. Away towards the, whatever, I wrote that wrong. A movement towards the wise adult, the ability to converse, to think with nuance, to go beyond these false binaries, catchphrases, and performative social media posts. <laughs> that was a lot and, to say, baby. Good and, job. <laughs> and work towards changing ourselves and our relationships and our country. You see the connection there? Yeah. Right. I do. So, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Well, obviously, I agree with him. To a certain extent? To, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, I, th I think just generally, if you take all this uh, theory of his and just blur it, I think it's really, really accurate. Blur it. All right. So, he also talks about the mysticism of marriage in that interview, and he says, there may be super placid couples who aren't terribly intimate, and they don't bug each other. Because they're flaccid. Flaccid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're still thinking about that giant penis. <laughs> but usually there are three phases That's of why love. I'm flaccid right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to snort loud. Stop. <laughs> but, all right, continuing his quote, Mr. Real or Dr. Real. But usually there are three phases of love harmony, disharmony, and repair. 
Those phases can occur 20 times during one dinner conversation or span over decades of your marriage or long-term relationship. The harmony phase is love without knowledge. You may have a soul recognition that this is your guy, but you don't know what he does with his socks in the morning. The disillusionment phase is critical. What do men do with their socks? Uh, is put, he talking about... I put mine in the dirty clothes the night before when I go to bed. I know, but is he talking masturbation oh maybe all right but those are just the men without women well not necessarily i know but right. also who the hell masturbates into us like i never did that once never that's this big thing on television shows like it's what every teenage dude dude does that's just not true i can't see an adult man doing it period well I doing can, in it i can see a lot of adult dudes doing it but not a stable one in a relationship with somebody else all right you can all ponder that. I'm sure you are. The disillusionment phase is critical. We all know now that we're slightly disillusioned with Sean, who's never used to sock. Um, but it's the stuff of intimacy. It's the collision of your imperfections and how we handle it. So our culture doesn't equip people to deal with that disillusionment. It's rough. It's dark. I've run around the country for 20 years. <laughs> I'm a little humble brag. Talking about what I call normal marital hatred. And not one person has ever come backstage to ask, what do you mean by that? See? Yeah. But back to the socks. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> the, the, the myth of masturbating into a sock has permeated our culture so heavily that we just had a, like a two-minute conversation about that. And, and neither one of us said, oh, we don't. But you don't know what he does with his socks in the morning. Well, he probably puts them on his feet. Like oh, most other people. Oh, nicely but said, dude. We both automatically went to the. Well, that's because we know. got naughty brains. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right. So, um, so if you think about that quote, that it's a bit like we aren't doing that disillusionment just to our spouses, we're doing it to everyone. You know, yeah. like F sticks, oh, right, disillusionment yeah, yeah. with me, or people's like super liberals or super conservatives disillusionment with the country right now in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. When we repair our country, we want to repair it, you know, that way in that empathetic, healing way. Mm -hmm. Real advocates repairing marriages as a relationship, a group effort, a look to the higher good. And he thinks a lot of this also stems from patriarchy and our separation from nature and the desire to dominate it. And he says that we have to move away from trying to control everything, but collaborate and to do it humbly, saying in the same interview how all of the world is interconnected. You're not above the system. You're in it. You breathe it, he says. Well, that's true. Yeah. Everybody's part of it, right? Right. So right. we all got to stop being traumatized children. Grow up. Be adaptive adults? Yeah. That's not what it was. Like it's maybe, adaptive children. Maybe F-Stick's problem with me, even though I am not old enough to be his mother. Um, Although, you know, maybe if I was a 10-year-old in Ohio or something. But, like, the point is <laughs> that he, like, maybe he lashed out so hard at me because his mom didn't speak up about something that was important to him. Oh, once. maybe. You Could know? Be. Yeah, yeah. 
That would be that could be a traumatic event. Sean's grabbing my leg is very distracting. <laughs> He's also the best leg ever. Oh, thanks, Lovey. So yeah. yeah, there. That's our podcast for today. Are we doing a dog tip? Yeah, what's your dog tip? I don't have a dog tip. Babe, you gotta have a dog tip. You know what I haven't done in for a while? What? Dog tip for life. So that was a lot for me to digest, man. It's hard for me to. Sparty, you got anything to say, bro? Sparty's hmm. asleep, man. He is asleep. Sparty's really chill. He's pretty like a wise he, adult. He, he is a wise adult because he's just so chill. Like the only time he'll snap back at you like an adaptive child is like if you're chewing on his jowls yeah, or his leg, like our little puppy does. He doesn't like it when you chew on his jowls. So <laughs> who can blame him? Let's start with cough. Carefully thought out, educated dialogue before we jump right into anger. How's that sound? It sounds smart. Yeah. But it's hard. Well, of course it's hard. Because we're like used to it. Right. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's definitely become more more common part of our culture every day. So Sparty's is basically saying before you think bite before someone, you speak <laughs> before you bite someone's jowls. Maybe try to sidle up to them and say, let's play. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's play, guys. Uh, can we get um, naked now? There's no naked here. Come on, baby. It's starting to get dark out. We don't even wear our socks anymore. Or have other uses for them. We don't wear socks at night. No. 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 Thanks for listening to Dogs Are Smarter Than People. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share your heart out. These podcasts and more are at my website, carriejonesbooks.blog. There's even a little donation button there. Because even a dollar inspires a happy dance in Carrie. And Sean. But hers are much better than mine. His are funnier. So thank you so much for your support. The music you hear here is made available through the Creative Commons, and it's a bit of a shortened track. Who is the artist and what's the song? Well, it's Summer Spliff by Broke for Free. I love that song. He does. Just because of the name. He does. Thanks, Thanks for, listening. for listening so much. Boop.